Welcome to the China Business Law Podcast, a show about the practice of law in China from real in-house and law firm professionals on the ground. Welcome everybody to another episode of the China Business Law Podcast. I'm your host Art Dicker, and today we have the pleasure of being joined again by Kenny Tung and. Kenny is the founder of Ingear Legalytics, and has been general counsel to to numerous companies before that, and a prior guest on our show. And welcome back, Kenny. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's really a pleasure. And you know, we'll remind people we had you on earlier、um, to talk about、um, the coronavirus and sort of the impact on on、um, legal departments and what legal departments could be doing in a time of crisis like a coronavirus. Um, today we kind of want to talk、um, more、uh, about a part of that discussion we had, where we got into the role of、uh, the legal department as more and more of a、uh, playing a role in the company's strategy,、um, and we wanted to do this particularly with an eye for what people might be、um, looking at when they have the decision to go in-house、uh, or not, and and we just recognizing that the le- what the legal department is doing these days in the industry itself. Is in a little bit of flux, and so it's relevant for people who are who are thinking about going in-house. So, without further ado,、um, you know, you, Kenny, you had an article recently in、um, this month, actually, in, in come out in Legal Business World, which talked about this topic, and and it was a great article, and I'll and I'll post the link to that article when we put the show up.、Um, you know, the first thing we want to talk about in in is. The legal industry right now is in a bit of a, a state of flux, and this is again is relevant for people deciding whether to go in house. Can you frame、um, frame that part of the first part of the discussion about how the the legal industry is changing? Yeah, this is an interesting story,、um, and someone might say, "Well, it probably started sometime around two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, with the." Global financial crisis, where there is really a lot of lawyers uh, coming out uh, off payroll, and started this this、uh, trend, if you would, of、uh, a gig. Lawyers join also the, the gig economy. Now, that that probably just like the the pandemic right now, it, it's probably different moves that moves the needle a little bit and may advance. Uh, our industry、uh, and society, as 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 it often has,、um, you can also look. Some people may look at that, you know, a more、um, in a in different viewpoint. They say, well, that's probably the can being kicked down the road again. But regardless, I I think the 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 going in house has always been. You know, lawyers been going in house for a long time. Um, and historically, it's it's a bit of a、uh, to a lot of people, it's sort of a retirement thing or post retirement、mm-hmm. uh, move to do.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, but I, I certainly that's not、uh, what's in my mind when I went in house in the nineties. I was、uh, mm-hmm. of an early one of the early groups um, of um, multinational uh, uh, in house counsel who who came in from from law firms. Uh, what primarily motivated me was, you know, after doing a lot of these interesting transactions、uh, and helping company to set up businesses, I really want to wonder what happened <laughs> after afterwards.、Mm-hmm. What's going on? And and that's that's a big curiosity. And of course, you know, different people have different motivations. But the if we go back to two thousand and eight and nine and all these changes in between,、um, the market. 
for lawyers and and for some people they 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 might prefer to call it a profession but uh, it is mm. we do live in a more commercial economy more and more so globally so there is a market for for lawyers and if you look at that as a market um, it is changing a lot and in that article I was drawing from a lot of market watchers uh, comments and I curated that and and you know to try to highlight you know what is driving trend to that and one of the key thing is there are more and more lawyers and uh, driven by by these schools and putting out uh, at, at the same time, um, a lot of these these lawyers, you know, if you p look at pure supply and demand, um, when you have more supply, it drives the clearing price down, right? And in the way, you can say, well, how a lot of these lawyers going in-house become a a contributing factor to that 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 thing happening, and that's because, well, your average lawyer going in-house um, probably would not be paid as much um, as the a partner or a senior associate. So that may look to as a, a reduction of uh, clearing price. And to be honest, um, the with the law firm business model mostly based on input base, basically hourly billing, or a, at least a shadow hourly billing business model, when one goes in house, we always joke about it. Every single more hour you work, your hourly rate goes down. <laughs> so that's another way way to look at that. <laughs> but but regardless, um, you know, market is 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 market. It's what it is. And and the the underlying issue really is um, how our clients are really perceiving. Now and then people will immediately jump into, well, that's still a cost issue, isn't it? Uh, our clients uh, realize they historically with the old-fashioned old relying on a law firm, doesn't have to be a huge law firm, but oftentimes the business uh, before they have their first lawyers and uh, would look to their uh, the engaging partner to help manage whether something needs attention for legal, uh, for lawyers. A service and how they do, how they gauge what what to what to and what resource legal resource to put into it, and I have to remind ourselves. And I, I think just as recent as really five or ten or twenty years before I started uh, working as a lawyer, I think lawyers are not that expensive. Um, and and I think mm. if you look at you know, um, 19, I remember 1986 when Cravath, Swain and Moore announced doubling of all their associate salary. And then mm. five or 10 years later, there is another, not doubling, but serious increase. Um, these number of waves, you know, arriving at, you know, easily uh, more than six digit for starting salary in the U.S. I think all this, I think it's, it's quite, um, quite significant change in the legal landscape and in the way it has uh, hastened uh, it contributes to to the con this so-called what we call the client revolt that is now mm. uh, helped fend by this uh, quote-unquote excess supply for lawyers so so this this market is changing in in that way but a lot of it it's also um, the 
the businesses now getting more mature, now getting more in-house lawyers, um, getting deeper bench, starting to figure out what needs to be done, what what they want to pay for, what they don't want to pay for. And then there's a, and it's, it's a maturing of the interaction between law and business, which is still in its early days yet. And in fact, I remember many, I had one of the th many conversations that led to this article, I have about 150 conversations last year with uh, both law firm lawyers and in-house lawyers. And many of law firm partners tell us, you know, they are not too worried about different sorts of source of competition, you know, whether it's local Chinese or startup firms or whatever, or technology, what they really worry about, what the biggest competitor comes from in-house. So that's another mm -hmm. validation yeah. of, of this description of the marketplace. I think we're actually seeing that right now um, in, in, in the market because, um, you know, when we're in, especially when we're hitting a, a recession, which is which is um, a deep recession, that's by all indications, that's what it's looking at right now. Mm. That's the first move for, that companies make. Companies need to to sort of on, on short notice reduce costs. They realize they have all these lawyers um, in house, and suddenly the question becomes, well, why 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 can't you do the work? Why do you why do you need to um, hire outside counsel, right? And and I noticed that. Um, and and from my prior experience at, at bigger firms, it's actually especially the big law firms get hit first by by uh, companies keeping work in house in a time of in a time of uh, recession. So we're seeing that, and I'm and I'm seeing that on the ground, um, you know, as we speak. Um, that's one thing. I, and also interesting, you pointed out um, the uh, this phenomenon of, of big law and. And, and big law salaries is a relatively recent phenomenon, at least historically. And you're right. And I, and I, I wouldn't have the exact uh, numbers or the dates, but my inclination is that, you know, I think in the 80s, as you mentioned, when these firms started ramping up um, and merging together and, and, and coming big and starting to go global, um, they were doing large Wall Street transactions, right? You know, that's when the M&A yep. M, M mania and uh, and you know robber barons and, and, and some modern day <laughs> robber barons and, and all that sort of stuff you see from the Wall Street the first version right of the, of yeah. the movie with Gordon Gecko <laughs> and 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 during those days yeah you know lawyers I think were 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 valued for the and could charge because the transactions were big and the deals were fast and I remember working as a junior very junior associate in New York right out of law school. Mm. And we had a huge multi-billion uh, dollar transaction. And the legal services, the legal bill was a rounding error compared to the <laughs> size of the, the transaction. And, and it was certainly much smaller than the investment banking fees. I luckily got to see all that stuff as a, doing the funds flow memo. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so, so my point is that I think legal law, law firms probably felt, hey, you know what? We probably could get paid a little more and no one would care. But now... That's clearly not the case. And if you're talking about big companies you know, kind of doing general business, not investment banks, for example, um, yeah, they're like, you know, why do I need to pay all this amount of money? And probably um, the advice I can get from a, a less expensive firm or the advice I can get just if I keep the work in-house should, in a lot of cases, be good enough and, and you know, for the risk that I'm trying to manage, right? The level of sophistication of clients is certainly uh, one of the one of the factors that's driving against 
uh, what used to be, you know, people call it opaque profession or industry uh, uh, of lawyer, lawyer, law firm, essentially. And uh, even, you know, you know, I was there, you know, as, as you're describing, you know, in New York in the 1980s and 90s. And, uh, and I, we all see the, the, the paper chase and, and the so-called rat race. But, uh, and, and that's all go for for good. You know, I, I, I come at, at a very value neutral perspective, not, not just because a lot of zeros are, are being moving, moved around. But at the end of the day, uh, and people always like to say, well, large deals, they bet the farm and they're unique. But after a lawyer or a law firm gone through a similar type of deals, 5, 10, 20, you know, and aggregate even larger number of times, then the clients and then are starting to wonder, you know, why am I, why are we doing this? Now, rounding error is, is make, it's probably helping it along, but I think even that rounding error is coming to uh, challenge as you know, some of the people mm. we talk to are in private equity houses and, and VCs and all that. And they, on, on one hand, they are worried. They want to make sure they have top draw level quality so that their deals would go through smoothly and a right. minimum amount of hiccup. But at the same time, they are they are also putting pressure to uh, starting to distinguish what certain type of activities um, can be um, managed, not just outsourced per se, but managed through, um, you know, as, as we described, all kinds of um, legal process uh, right sourcing. You can source in-house, you can mm. source through technology, you can improve, you can get um, different type of scanning. The, the, of course, in our business, we deal a lot of words, right? And the natural language processing ad advancement under AI has helped to, you know, re ever since Enron's day developed uh, the this this uh, e-discovery that's that's the most uh, popular area that that this technology is being utilized and I just spoke with um, an expert in that area you know there's not a whole lot of new technology but that's nonetheless uh, it's it's table stakes so a lot of work can be uh, at the scanning and the initial level um, can be replaced and and escalate so a lot of this work has changed but more importantly uh, we, we talk about going in-house right um, mm. at the same time even a lot of work that we think that needed to be done from a lot of um, some businesses and it goes not just the, the fangs not just the, the high highly successful um, high tech area they I, I refer to the book uh, a chapter in the book, How Google Works. And they have a whole chapter about lawyers. And they they actually think, you know, a lot of things doesn't really need to, legal the legal type of activities doesn't need to take place, uh, period. Mm -hmm. And I refer to um, uh, um, Ron Freeman's, you know, term he, he coined called do less law. And that's in the way of a do less law. Now that if when lawyers hear about this, including myself, it is very much um, less, if not an affront, it is to totally going rubbing against the grain of our existence. So this <laughs> is the, the challenge, you know, when when as this opacity becomes uh, translucent, as I mentioned in the article, there is also a concern of what are we doing here? Uh, what are lawyers doing in-house 
and what are lawyers going to leverage with the legal expertise still resides in, in a large expand, uh, extent outside the, the company in certain law firms. And that's, that's, that requires a, a really rethink and looking back to our reason for existence. So if we now if we if we and we're going to get into um, the changing nature of in-house um, legal departments and why that's relevant for someone um, deciding whether to go in-house. But before we get into into that, and while we're on the topic still of the the macro macro mm-hmm. changes in the it, all things being equal, and this is a very um, you know you, this is a very personal decision, and there's so many factors in, in going into it. Mm. But uh, putting that aside for now, if I'm someone thinking about going in-house is the fact that more and more work is being kept in in-house and um, um, there's so much uh, pressure on um, law firms to um, you know reduce price provide more value um, and and so forth is that should that be a factor in my decision uh, if I'm a young lawyer at a law firm um, and I'm thinking about do I make a run at partner down the road or do I do I um, leave early and go in-house. Um, how is this uh, changing pricing and industry and the pressure on on uh, firms a factor in that? Uh, I think this will be this should remain as a background. Um, yeah. Whether one should wait to make partnership, uh, when to go, all that. Uh, it, it goes back to to what I'm saying. It's in the like for. for just like any students who are graduating and getting into the job market, they look at what they love to do, uh, what they mm. are good at doing, and what you know pays for them to to get into a level of living standard that they would want. And right. it's really the same thing. Um, I think the driver is 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 why we, if you think. And this is what this is a chicken and an egg problem. If you we have to really know what we're doing in house, what the business people wanted us to do in house, and sometimes they don't know. They only think they only see us as lawyer and law firm, so they don't. They didn't. Many of them don't fully know what lawyers are for, other than for litigation, remedial work, and do them do some deals and look at some contracts. Right. Um, and that might be that's what lawyers are destined for. Maybe I'm not going <laughs> to. Some people may say that's it. But to to be to to sound a different view, the whether one makes a partner or not, it's maybe financially it will make a difference to your your landing salary in house. Uh, and but in if if you step back uh, to what the arc of a career or largely of one's career. You're going to realize um, if you're going to go in-house, you, you don't go in-house, uh, as, as my former partner used to remind me, Kenny, you're not going to make any more money going in-house unless with a few exceptions of joining um, the, the, the Alibabas and the Googles of the world in the early days, right? So, so that's mm-hmm. where you make a lot of money. But, but that's, um, you can't plan on that. Just like there are only so many law firms and so many partners in the world who can do the truly mega deals. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not every law firm and not every partner can do that. It's the same reason. So we have to go back to what really uh, what we eventually discover that we're good at and or uh, we we love to do. And if if that overlaps, that's great. You're really lucky. 
Um, mm -hmm. And of course, market, you have to pay attention to the market factors, which is always dominating consideration uh, for, for people you know, going in-house and, and for uh, getting advice from the, the recruiters. So that's, that's mm -hmm. sort of a long way to, to my reaction to, well, what should I do? When should I go? Yeah, I, and I agree. And, and, and having done that myself, um, leaving uh, a big law practice um, as, a, as a senior associate and going in-house, um, it was mo it was more about uh, what did I see myself doing and enjoying. And and um, and that was the you know, when I went in-house, I, I, I found what I what I had been missing, which was uh, uh, at the time, which was a connection a connection to the uh, to the a deeper connection to the business and getting rolling up my sleeves and and, and being part of the, the business more um, and for a long term a long term role now, instead of a transactional role yeah yeah I I you know what you what you just mentioned trigger a thought <laughs> brainway you know, I sorry mm -hmm. to interrupt you know uh, people look at law firms and legal department in at a way as a adversarial, you know, uh, tug of war and a lot of it because of this price pricing issues and alternative fee arrangement, whatever that that people are talking about today. It doesn't have to be because I always look at that as one continuous supply chain, if you would, and, and a pardon for mm -hmm. using an industrial term for that. But we are talking about some kind of industrialization of this profession. It, mm -hmm. it, and at the end of the day, when it is properly when when the in-house department legal function is finally in in gear, pardon the pun, with the business and business strategy and operations, and uh, is able to utilize legal expertise and elsewhere that is and other uh, resource that is not in-house, that is residing in law firms, it can be a law firm lawyer can get to know the business, uh, what is going on as much as the in-house lawyer. But right now, uh, for a number of reasons, um, costs being a aggravating factor, that's not happening as much as it ought to. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The, 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 you know, the firms, firms will have their advantages and firms, Firms do sometimes know their company's business better than their company does, or that yes. individual in-house lawyer even. And and part of that is because firms and partners especially tend to specialize in industries, and, and even within industries, they tend to specialize on certain kinds of areas of the law. Like, you know, if you're talking about internet companies, you know, they, may, they might focus on fintech or, you know, payments and uh, cross-border payment uh, mechanisms, just as an example. And actually, if they're, they may be working for your competitors or people in the same industry and have insights that you don't have just in your own, in, in the four corners of your office and in your, in your, within your company. Absolutely. That's been my, yeah, my experience. I, I come across a few, you know, I hear, you hear about this from time to time in, in the, in the profession. Some in-house lawyers, though not all, would say to the outside counsel and sometime a junior uh, in-house counsel to say, well, make me look good. Make me look good in front of my clients. <laughs> now, that, that, that's reasonable, you know, as a saying, that's reasonable. But if it becomes sort of a philosophy uh, and too often, you know, your client is going to start, in-house client is going to start asking, well, if you are always, you know, using this outside counsel on a fixed fee arrangement and he or she's doing a good job or it's junior, so junior in-house counsel, why should I have you sitting in the GCC? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I hesitate to say that to some 
of some 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 lawyers in France, but sometimes I hear business lead, you know the clients asking this question. So it's 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 funny because in the in we we if, if part of us you and I a little bit laugh at that question because we've always been brought up and trained and have the mindset traditionally at least that the role of in-house counsel is is among other things to manage outside counsel right we manage we, mm -hmm. we keep we keep the reins on outside counsel so that outside counsel doesn't run up a huge bill go off and do work that we don't need right um keep them focused and so forth and, and that management role but yeah i think one law firms are quite disciplined these days, self-disciplined these days to know that clients are not are gonna uh, revolt against an unexpectedly large bill and or or going outside of a defined scope of work. Um, and that's one of the things that's changed, which you've which you've mentioned. Um, but let's get into also how in-house lawyers are changing and um, and no longer just being a manager of outside counsel. They're in some ways being um, asked or and and to do other things within a company and to uh, expand or ch at least change their role. How about um, um, that part of your article, I think is is is, is, is quite interesting and, and, and maybe you could walk the audience through that part a bit. Sure, um, you know, back in the good old days, um, you know, if you look at the evolution as well, you know, businesses eventually, before the quote unquote rise of the in-house lawyers and legal department businesses who rely on their, the boss's friend, who was a partner in the law firm, to 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 know how to engage legal resources and when to engage, and and of course um, manage the cost to to fit the job. Um, but um, and then the, the the initial rise of the in-house counsel in the first in the U.S. and then gradually over the rest of the world, you you bring in this group of lawyers. Some of them are you know at the latter part of their career, and they they do manage it, but they also you know have a very they remain lawyers. They they remain to be they they think of themselves as practitioner. They still practice law in-house, except you know helping from a. Uh, the Chinese would say, you know, become party A rather than party B and start looking after party A's, the client's interests. And that's fair. But but after a while, the the next thing that when, when this becomes less manageable, when a lot of this work goes in-house and yet uh, your average, the most common cry of the in-house lawyer is they're being asked to do more with less. Uh, not the least of which is the, the, the cost management against uh, outside costs and then, of course, in-house headcount control and mm -hmm. FTE control. So there lies the pain point, you know, the most typical pain point. And you have to say, okay, I need to work harder. Fine, we all work harder. But working harder alone is not enough anymore. And and there lies this this challenge as well. I, I'm going to I'm going to try to manage the, the outside law firm and outside counsel, but I can't just do this even managing the outside counsel. And there lies the point where, well, do we just try to stay, keep our heads down and, and survive? And some people do say, well, you know, that's the, the strategy, the, the, they propose a strategy of managing the triangle of your headcount, of your external spend, and try to agree with your businesses on some some measurable goals like number of litigations a year or, or, or something like that to make sure that you are doing your job so that you, you're, you're, that, that's about within the four, three corners, if you would, 
or that that, mm. that you manage your 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 function. Um, I have to say that's a that's a challenging one, and that is certainly not a more um, robust vision of what the legal function and what we bring to the table can do. Because, first of all, I think we, we have yet to, re, uh, your average lawyers and legal department have yet to tr be truly strategic. Now, the general counsel may, be, uh, may have a seat at the table uh, in the C-suite, but you have to have many layers down also to do the same thing. Uh, while we have to meet the, the operational needs day to day, which is alone, uh, would, would suck up and fill our bandwidth. Sometime we have, we're, we're stuck in a situation about trying to see how much time, more than the time we spend scooping the water out of the boat, the proverbial boat, rather than trying to work with the whole structure to pluck the hole. And mm. and the the other the other analogy imagery is to fix the engine, help fix the engine while you're still flying in mid-flight, and these mm. are the kind of things that say, okay, I don't have time to do that. I'm not trained to do that, and that is all true, for for large. But I think there are lawyers and who can learn on the job, who uh, has able to get some interim help either from inside the company or from outside a company, but that's a taller order to to explain to people why you need to get help from outside a company. And, and a lot of that is, once again, not from the legal side, to try to bring the legal department. And I, I, I have a, 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 a superior boss to tell me, take the legal department to the next level. And what she mm -hmm. really meant is to say, well, do more than just practicing law. And, mm -hmm. and these are the, the kind of challenges we, we have to start thinking about now. For some of us who who had an interest in 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 understanding business strategy, corporate you know corporate strategy beyond just saying you know these are the large big words that you know, everybody likes to talk about, we actually understand and then roll roll up our sleeves and get from behind our desks and go into the 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 manufacturer line, go into the delivery route go to uh, negotiation and sales and you know, post-sales type of experience. You can't do it all the time because that's not what we're hired to do. But sometimes, a lot of times, you get a chance to do that. And then you you, you, you get to know the people, uh, sometimes even outside your company, suppliers uh, and people, your partners in a business. Um, and then you start going talking more about their business of course at the same time you have to keep up with what what you are what you're brought in to do it to be the 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 first point of contact and ideally uh expert in a few areas that the companies regularly need um like employment in these areas but at the same time you also would have to continue to quote unquote manage outside legal resources and there, there's, of course, there's a lot of people who are more expert than I in that area, whether it's AFA, scoping work, uh, using technology. Uh, this is something that we all have to be fluent in. And that's why we talked about the idea of a T-shaped lawyer. Or um, I would, you know, you can also look at it as a sideways H-shaped lawyers, where you, uh, you, you have to really know from product development to sales to to marketing to manufacturing supply chain after sales uh, PR everything in HR 
in on the business side, you have to be the jack of all trades to understand what really drives and and tie all these functions together to the corporate mm-hmm. strategy. And then at the same time, you get to figure out what all the legal functions, all the legal specialties that you may need for each of these different uh, parts of business, and then ultimately to to drive that strategy. But when one when one gets to that point in time, then I think the dialogue can starting to change to say, okay, how am I going to control my headcount and how am I going to control my legal bills every year? And that's mm-hmm. table stake. You still have to do that. But at the same time, you can say, well, I'm, I actually can help this element of legal strategy. I can help you to digitize this kind of transaction or to increase the number of transaction in your, in your uh, e- e-commerce platform. But I need to do this. And then eventually some of your clients will come back to you. Well, that was a great project you did. What more resources do you need? Exactly. This general yeah. counsel so that we can do more of this stuff. And that's where, you know, it's not just aspirational because I know people and I have some experience myself that the people have been asked to do that. And yeah, that's the whole point. Why? I mean, that that's, that's actually a, a very key point because why, you know, if you're, just to echo what you said, if you are waiting to some for someone to ask you to become more efficient, or if you're waiting for someone to ask you to provide more value, chances are um, you're gonna. By the time someone does that, they've already made up their mind that you are over. Your you and your department are are kind of overly bloated and and in need of reform, and um, you have less less room to maneuver. And so what what. Um, what is a would be a wise course of action is, is exactly what you said is to find other ways to provide value get deeper into the business understand the product and okay on the one hand our folks listening here might say well i want to go in-house or i'm already in-house mm-hmm. are you asking me you're asking me to plug the hole in the boat instead of fixing instead of scooping the water out of the, of the boat well isn't aren't i making it myself somewhat redundant or obsolete or making less reason to have lawyers if we're if we're putting permanent fixes to the problem quote unquote obviously not um a you're you're providing more value you're building more trust um and you're you're being useful and useful people generally don't put themselves out of a job they find their 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 management and their partners find other things for them to be useful at and fix so this is all to say that being uh, fixing problems and finding long-term um, uh, changes and, and fixes to problems is a good thing. Um, and and if you don't do it, um, if you don't reinvent your constantly reinventing yourself as a legal department and becoming more strategic, as you say, you are um, actually putting yourself in a very in a very risky situation as as a general counsel and as a legal department. So be proactive and 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 you know that that kind of gets us also into a part of um, what the expectations are of a legal department, um, and that it's not just that um, that lawyers are um, should proactively go out and become more strategically minded and find ways from to be able to provide more value to the business. That's certainly one thing, but on the on the cust- quote client side, even internally. Um, with the other business business departments we working for, that's what they're asking for, right? And that's what they're, that's what they want. They want lawyers to be um, 
um, speak their mind and tell them what the risks really are and tell them how to and be involved in transactions at an earlier stage, right? Um, uh, rather than being always reactionary. And so you, another part of your article was about um, how lawyers, um, in-house lawyers should be more um, looking at the reason, you called it the reason for existence um, of the legal department. Can you um, get a, dive into a bit more about, about that kind of introspective process for a legal department? Yeah, um, the reason for existence sometime, you know, of a organization or a or a country, or an individual, or is is it's very much coming down to what we call a strategy, um, and that's a big term in it. Forming a strategy, how we get to it, and how we sustain it. But without going down that rabbit hole, I I also see um, we if you could say well, okay, if we're if a lot of our work over time can be um, automated uh, or mm. sourced in a different way and streamlined through people, process, and technology. Uh, what are we going to do? Now, first of all, I think it's commonly known that the lump of work theory doesn't really work that way. Because, um, for example, if you automate something, you actually end up creating a lot more other work. The, uh, <laughs> the best example would be the um, ATM uh, for decades, I don't know how many decades, two or three, 30, 30 years, uh, bank tellers worry, but they need not worry about the ATM because the more ATM there is, the more branches there are, and the more other type of businesses there are. There's actually an increase of number of bank tellers. Of course, um, the tide also floats a lot of boats, but somewhere along the line, there's really no people surely shouldn't worry that way. And you, your last comment also mentioned that, well, you know, if, can we work ourselves out of a job? Yes, we can. But, um, and I, I actually have been heard to say to a, you know, in a legal department powwow one year, you know, a, a, a room full of stunned legal managers, I say, well, post, post Kenny Tongue, you know, what should we be doing in this particular region? And people are going to say, why are you going to talk about after you? Because some people actually think of that as a lifetime job. And it can be a lifetime job. But mm. if we set it at a lifetime job, then we're in pretty big trouble. Because then <laughs> then we're, 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 we're engaging based on you, you, the measurement is ourselves, individual rather <laughs> than the organization. And, and, and I'm not saying one should be so noble, but one should be practical <laughs> about right. uh, Bob Dylan say, right? You have you always have to serve somebody, and and mm -hmm. we have to serve a a purpose and function, and that purpose could be an organization, and your organization have to in turn serve the purpose uh, of someone else. Uh, you say the customer, maybe uh, the shareholders, maybe your broader community society, which is. Uh, Last 10 years, it was a sort of an advancing theory. Now, I think it's no longer advancing. Now, it's pretty mainstream. The ecosystem mm -hmm. includes your whole community, your whole country, a whole bunch of other things, which 30 years ago was just your shareholders. And how we balance these relationship, how we balance these conflict of uh, strategies uh, from even, even higher level strategic intent requires dealing with relationship between and among people from the individual 
from the, the your most lowly paid employee and your your smallest supplier to the biggest a customer that that or, or a government who was coming coming after you because of your market share you have to deal with all these conflict of relationship and guess what mm. lawyers have been doing for thousands of years we deal with relationship between people mm. and uh, yes we 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 lo- know how to read and write the law we we know the law inside out we know how to spot issues we know how to hopefully marshal the facts but in the day in today's age of big data and data-driven world, I would argue that we are we need a lot of catch-up work because we're lawyers as a, as a group are not in touch of the data and the facts. That we have to, mm-hmm. that argues really more for us to plug into the business organization to get to be part of the pipeline to the data lake so that we can help our clients purpose to make these decisions. Otherwise, we will always be at, you know, at the proverbial bottom of the cliff dealing with uh, aftermath issues and it's a very negative cycle we should arrest that and turn it into a more virtuous cycle uh, we deal with issues with that, and and by the way the other the other reason we should we would not be out of the job is there will always be problems and mistakes <laughs> and mm-hmm. i think um that the, there will be no no that the ambulance is not going to be out of a job <laughs> but in addition to doing that we can make that life easier and and start it you know getting a lot of the issues up front and to the point of uh, being a more appreciated part of the organization rather than just a cost center. It's, it's interesting when you, when you mentioned people, because um, the, you know, traditionally lawyers, uh, at least to the, to the, the folks who are not lawyers can often come across as quite stiff and uh, can come across as kind of narrow minded um, inflexible and not generally people people persons you know on the other hand some people think of lawyers as you know from from hollywood and out so forth as sort of these really excellent orators and you know capable of persuading someone to do to do almost anything and just persuasive people some people might think okay they are pe- pers- uh, people persons you know by nature what i found going in-house is that um, what you really need to be, um, you do need to be a good people person, but you re- you need to be um, someone who is, you know, especially in a modern multinational corporation, you need to be a kind of a, an understand, uh, you need to understand how people fit into a, a, a huge machine and, and corporations are such a big machine. Um, there's so much process, which lawyers are intimately involved in. Um, in navigating and sometimes creating that process. But at the end of the day, the process flows um, still with people um, driving it uh, for the most part. And so I've actually found that lawyers can be a great source of clearing up bottlenecks, right? We have so many, we have so many in in, in my experience in in big companies, there's so many what we call pocket vetoes, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody somebody doesn't act on something in their inbox and 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 it's not like they're not approving of it they're just not acting on it similar experience with a lot of chinese regulators when you try to apply for a license (laughs) i'm not rejecting your application i'm just not i'm just not acting (laughs) on it so so um so so and that happens in big corporations too and what lawyers are usually pretty adept at at uh, uh identifying and tracking where something is in the big machine process and should 
although it doesn't always come natural to us, um, should be an opportunity for lawyers to drive the process. Now, I don't mean being necessarily a decision maker. Sorry, that's my, um, we'll let the audience know I have my two little kids running around. While we're recording this. this is modern <laughs> day, uh, modern day. Your, uh, your top level uh, stakeholder. <laughs> my stakeholders are, are running around and just finished breakfast here. But um, so, <laughs> uh, but, but big, big companies are, um, that's an opportunity for lawyers to actually take a more proactive role in driving the process, not being decision makers necessarily, but driving the process and make sure it's moving and on track and not, not being stuck at, let's say, a pocket veto. Um, and that takes people skills and in tradition, and especially in big, like I was getting at big multinational corporations, that takes a lot of cultural understanding too. You know, we have this notion of EQ, which we were, which we were um, kind of indirectly discussing. And we also have this notion of CQ, which is cultural intelligence. And that mm. these are things that you actually, uh, in today's corporation, although we may be some, seeing some retrenchment of globalization at the moment, we, we still have these massive corpora corporations and, and I think this was a point you were you were getting at both last time we talked on the show and in your article is that, you know, um, lawyers, and you mentioned just now, lawyers are good at um, managing relationships. How is it that you can see lawyers being a little more proactive that way in um, A, not practicing law, B, you know, not being so lawyerly? and C, kind of being a master of the process and actually helping to drive that process, like I mentioned. Do you see that as an opportunity for lawyers to add more value? And then what kind of, what kind of how, how does one become that kind of a lawyer, have that personality? Is that innate or is that, can, can that be trained uh, in, a, in a lawyer? You know, as, as you were, you were teeing this up, I, a lot of thoughts came through my mind, and I'll try to, I'll try to streamline it. I tried to throw a lot in one question. <laughs> <I did that. laughs> you know, first of all, I think you, you mentioned we, we are many, an in-house uh, situation, and, and, and for many outside counsel, too, we are not always in the, uh, the obvious decision maker because the client makes a decision. But, but at the same time, whether you're in-house or in a law firm, the important thing to remember is um, you have to be part of the decision-making process or else the, the, the unpleasant part of kind of decision-making will come to you because right. um, I, I think you know what I'm saying, that the problem is if, if something doesn't work out and comes down later on down the line, the decision how to solve a problem when it's too late and the options are too few will come to you as the, the, the risk management in chief person. And that's why, the, and then that's why it really all ties together. Why are we wanting to be better and focusing on what who people are, get to know them, what their vital interests are, what is their relevant uh, stake interest as a stakeholder in your organization, in your department, in, in your business, and in relationship with your with the people who you deal with to get business done. That's because a lot of strategy, you know, is based on all are all based on stakeholder interest. Uh, you you mentioned a lot of times people pocket veto, a lot of times things that needed to be done don't don't get to happen and they're not done that is uh that reminds me of a very famous phrase that say well strategy 
uh, sorry, I, I, I jumped the, uh, it's a spoonerism here. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. And culture means a lot of stakeholders, vested interests sometimes, you know, it, it's the most common form of culture that actually veto something that really ought to happen. And sometimes it's for their own personal departmental uh, and BU interests that at the at the at the expense of organization and longer term business interests. So we, we are basically uh, at that stage now. How do we get to be <laughs> focused on people more? Uh, I mean, that's that's a perhaps some people say that's an HR uh, job. You know, how do you screen people? How do you train people? Uh, that mm. that goes toward recruitment. It goes toward development. Uh, but a lot of times, for those of us who are already on the job, who have only formal training in law, we got to learn it. And today, luckily, we can learn it. We can learn it by the press of a few, a click of a few few buttons. And we can also learn it if we talk to the right people. You know, um, sometimes not necessarily other not a lawyer, but I'm also putting together people, senior lawyers who do try to help each other, uh, not just mm -hmm. on the EQ side, but on the legal function transformation side that, you know, at the, you, you can, you cannot always get a coach so easily, you know, not everybody gets a coach. Then I say, well, why don't you coach each other? Um, mm -hmm. I think there are, there are a lot of smart, experienced people out there. And I think it, it, it comes very easy. It sounds very easy, but I think we're, it's, it's out for us to, go out uh, to go seek it out. We have to go take the initiative to engage the business people. We cannot let them to come and you know, find us and say, hey, hey, you can do this one too. But that by similarly, we also have to go broaden our, our divert the horizontal side of our T, being a T-shaped mm -hmm. professional. We have to go learn it. And, and none of the, I have to say, law school didn't teach me most of this. It gave me the fundamental, uh, quote unquote, it taught us how to think. But a lot mm. of this, how to do it, it, it you, you, you learn from, if you're lucky, you learn from a few, you know, series of bosses and teachers and partners. Uh, but we're all lucky today because those people are all a few clicks away. You just need to find them mm -hmm. uh, online. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying specific individuals, but the ideas are all out there. It's for us to get, find time to get to it and think about it and talk to people about it. Now, of course, uh, another part that a lot, of be, a lot of lawyers I talk to immediately take out a pen and write down and say, get from behind our desks. How do you do that? You need to get people to like you. <laughs> you need to talk to people to, to, to bring you onto their sales call, onto the, the, the line, onto the supply chain, uh, onto mm -hmm. various aspects of it. And that's how you truly appreciate what is at issue and then of course what is at issue potentially legally that you can help them with now now we've talked a lot today about um we, we've tried to 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 show people what it would be like to go in-house um and, and what they should be aware of when they're making that decision both from a um the, the changing of the industry the changing of the the role of, of a law department becoming more strategic or or if not becoming strategic it, it should be becoming more strategic and we've talked a lot about um how um, lawyers um, in-house should be encouraged to get more and more at the operational level and understand the product and finally we've talked a little bit about how how people skills will become more and more important 
um, for lawyers um, on their job to help process flow and also just uh, um, managing stakeholder relationships and just overall providing more value in their jobs. Now, we all of this probably leaves the listener to saying, well, you know, whether I'm looking to go in-house or whether I'm in in-house or I'm a manager of the legal department, um, what should I do? Right. Like what should it, what 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 are you what are you actually recommending? You've, you've, you've said these there's these changes out there in the world, which some of which I've, I'm, I'm seeing in my job or some of which are, are are I should be seeing in my job. How, you know, sort of a call to arms, how would you um, uh, leave it with people to 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 press ahead going forward? For the people who lead legal functions um, in-house, um, I, I would say you, you really have to allocate a certain amount of time and resource and the continuous effort to take seriously what branching out beyond law you know and since uh, and by the way since most of us do work for businesses i and i myself has spent a lifetime in under businesses or business related i always use business but that can be extended to non-commercial non-profit related type of businesses and organizations like governments and nonprofits and other groups as well but i'll just use the term business you know you have to really learn the key of these businesses and and there's a lifetime of learnings you one will never finish but on the other hand i don't think everything is a rocket science and mm -hmm. a lot of times in business it's actually quite intuitive that you know if you spend the time to put the pieces together now i think in a large organization or in a startup um, i think the nature of job today is going to be is going to favor the generalists increasingly so than the trend to that we were marching you know even as recent as 30 years ago toward a specialist because we are riding on the same path and people are getting more and more people getting educated that the society was getting more stable uh, there was uh, you know at we we're at the plateau therefore people were driving for specialists now i think things are in great flux in the decades ahead it's and the change, a change, significant change come every, you know, quite more frequently that you can argue on a daily basis. You actually have to be able to be nimble enough and it favors a generalist and uh, mm -hmm. without, you know, giving up on the legal uh, competence. That's what we're still talking to as a group uh, today. But I, I think we have to really go out and, and and learn all these things and for the leaders in the legal department to remember to keep on injecting these opportunities and these learning into their team and this is the, the most difficult call that i would ask don't be afraid to work yourself out of a job now that is that is <laughs> that won't happen i don't think that will, if you're going to be out of a job there will be something else happening but the, that's the and this is important the reason i'm saying that is if you did something so good the legal department doesn't need someone like you uh, you can definitely do this at another legal department there are plenty of companies who need this kind of legal function transformation but more importantly i'm also saying in the future the legal function would not be run by lawyers alone 
It will be run mm-hmm. by a combination of lawyers, non-lawyers, machines, other colleagues in the well-managed process. So I think you, we are going to grow into something else. It won't be just strictly a legal vertical and silo. And the there might be other more important purposes for some people in life, which is to have a stable job for a lifetime. But I don't think that will be very useful to the organization. And that will also not withstand the onslaught of changes that's going to come uh, one way or another. So, so this is really my, my call to, 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 to get ready and prepare and move on. And if your organization don't let you do that for some reason, and that is more, more, more often than not, my advice to a lot of friends is do it, propose things, think about it, and then have a plan and try to execute it. If you're not mm-hmm. allowed to execute it for external factors, when you do move on to your next job, you would have told people what you what plan you have and what you did with the time on your hands rather than sitting and and uh, keeping your heads down. Absolutely. You know, if if and that is that is definitely a real a real a challenge um, I, I've experienced myself before. Um, com- companies can be very inflexible, and it's internal factors or external factors. You may you may have a good plan, but it, for whatever reason, it, it can't be executed in your your current situation. But that exercise of of coming up with that plan is key because, um, and I, well, I think that's a that's a, something we can can uh, discuss generally as kind of a, a a summary of 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 some of the takeaways from this conversation. Is you know, for someone looking to go in house. Um, and someone who's in-house trying to trying to transform their role a little bit, it's important that you do it um, out of love. Out of you, you, you do something that you love to do. So that might cause you to go in-house versus uh, being a partner uh, or trying to be a partner at a firm. And that decision should be out of something that you genuinely a role that you genuinely would find interesting, not necessarily because of some of the macro considerations we talked about at the beginning, changing industry. Make yourself useful. You know, if yep. you're trying to solve a problem at a at a big company or small company, and you have your and you and you have the love for making that change, um, and you know, if you don't solve this problem now because of a because of some um, process reasons or whatever, um, or if you solve the problem so well that you put yourself out of a job, you still solve the problem, and your chances are you're like you said, you're going to solve be able to solve the problem at another firm. Set up your own firm and act as a consultant for solving that problem, or the company that you're working for is going to ask you to solve other problems, right? You know, and and and, and as and we you're, go, you're back going to be to, useful. Yeah. And as we go back to what we just touched on, if we are successful in really fully plugging ourselves into the business and organization strategy, and a foundation upon which is to leverage and manage relationship among parties and stakeholders. I can't imagine you run you 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 run yourself out of a job. Mm-hmm. No, if if you if you if you're that good at something, um, uh, people will notice, and even even in big corporate bureaucracies, people will notice, and um, your your talent will stand out and rise to the top, and you'll find other things to do. Maybe that specific job, that specific task, of course, you eliminated it. That's great if that was your own task. But that's not um, that's not running yourself out of a job by any stretch. And, and I do have to hasten to add: there will be legal jobs that are critical and cannot be replaced. They, those will always mm-hmm. be around. But 
um, I think as time goes by, those jobs will be done less and less by human. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's and so so. Carpe diem, or or I, I should also say, uh, sorry to hasten to add that not just by human, but those jobs can be recast. Uh, the problems can be recast and solved in a different way. Um, right, it doesn't necessarily by human and or nece not necessarily by lawyers alone. Right, so uh, and so 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 stay nimble, right? If you're a right, if you're, uh, I think that's that's another key thing you said is you know you need to be adapt yourself. Um, to a to a changing profession, um, which is which is technology is is coming on in a big way, and we need to be we need to get ahead of that curve, not be reacting to that curve. What, one of my favorite um, line is from the first Lord of the Ring movies, in which <laughs> at darkest time, um, uh, one one said to another, "I say, you know, it you don't know what's going to happen, but it." You only know what you did with the times on on your hand. Yeah, time, given, yeah. time given to you. Yeah, I'm trying to remember which character said. I remember the line as well, but I'm trying to remember which character said that. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, Gandalf the Gray. It is Gandalf. It is Gandalf. probably uh, Frodo, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a good way to sum it up, too. I think you know, we 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 only live once, and we as lawyers should be. Uh, should should jump at the chance to have a, to reinvent ourselves a bit, and it's, it's fun. We need to make our life our lives and our careers a little bit dynamic too, not static. So absolutely. Um, well, thanks, Kenny. You know, again, it was uh, it was a pleasure. We we talked a little bit about this uh, last time, just uh, scratching the surface, and then we really needed to do a deep dive on this. And and your, the article that you you put out um, again. I'll post the link to that. is uh, is excellent and it's um, uh, been well received and and I highly encourage everyone to to take a look at that article as, as well as listening to the podcast here. Yeah. Yeah. And so and that and that reminds me, as I always say, um, if people need to reach out to you, Kenny. So you're you're active on on LinkedIn. If mm -hmm. people want to um, proactively contact you, LinkedIn is a good way to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, okay. you can, uh, the in Gear Legalytics website is also another alternative, but LinkedIn is the most, most um, network effect. <laughs> right. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll put links to both on the, on the, on the notes to the show. And thank you. again, thanks for, thanks for joining. And, and uh, it was really a privilege. Take care and um, good luck okay. with your top level stakeholders. <laughs>